Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our meditation is the Gospel lesson, Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30. And we read these words again in the name of our Lord. You see, the kingdom of heaven is like a man going on a journey. He called his servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two talents, and to still another one talent, each according to his own ability. Then he went on his journey. The servant who had received five talents immediately put them to work and gained five more talents. In the same way, the servant who had received two talents gained two more the servant who had received one talent went away, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. The servant who had received the five talents came and brought five more talents. He said, Master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I have gained five more talents. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. The servant who had received the two talents came and said, Master, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the servant who had received one talent came and said, Master, I knew that you are a hard man, reaping where you did not plant and gathering where you did not scatter seed. Since I was afraid, I went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. The master answered him, You wicked and lazy servant! You knew that I reap where I did not plant and gather where I did not scatter seed? Well, then you should have deposited my money with the bankers so that when I came, I would get my money back with interest. Take the talent away from him and give it to the servant who has the ten talents, because everyone who has will be given more. And he will have an abundance. But the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Throw that worthless servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, these are your words. Sanctify us through the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. In Christ Jesus, dear fellow redeemed. The date was September 22nd. The year was 1776. He'd been discovered and arrested as a spy. He was about to be hung on a British gallows. That was when Captain Nathan Hale made the now famous remark, I only regret 
that I have but one life to lose for my country. Is it possible that you would have similar feelings and make a similar statement with regards to your Christian life? It's too bad that I only have one life to live for God. The story that Jesus told really focuses on the the difference between the actions of the two faithful servants and the unfaithful servant. What is it that made such a difference? It's not really even suggested that the one faith, the one that received the one talent begrudged that he had only received, received one when the others had received more. In fact, all three servants had received a lot. Even the one talent is estimated to be worth about a million dollars. So the master had been generous to all three servants. But look what it says about that money. It says that the master entrusted them. It was the master's money that he gave and trusted to the servants. What has God entrusted to you? What has he given you for use in this life? Your house is God's. Your phone is God's. Your car is God's. Your abilities are God's. Your financial assets are God's. If you can be helpful to others... That is an ability that you have received from God. If you can be compassionate to those who are suffering, that too is something that you have received from God. Everything you have comes from God. And so if God has entrusted all of these things to you, then the question remains is, how are you using them? See, it's not just churches that get serious about stewardship when the leaves start falling. God is serious about stewardship all the time. He cares about how you use everything that has been given to you. That's a mistake that people often make when they look at Christian stewardship. They think it's about the amount that God wants to give to the or them to give to the church. Stewardship isn't just about what you give to the church. It's about how you manage all that God has entrusted to you. A brief illustration. Some parents 
Imagine if you gave your kids this task and children, imagine if you were given this task and how your parents would think and feel at the end of it. So you're asked to go to the store and buy two gallons of milk. You get to the store and you grab one gallon, grab another gallon, go to the checkout, and then there in line are all of those candies. And you decide to put the one gallon of milk away and, and grab some candy with the rest of the money. And you go home and you say, Mom, I got the milk. What's Mom going to think about how you use the money that she gave to your parents? What would you think if that was your child? See, it's not just how we use part of God's money. It's not just how we use part of our abilities and talents, our times. It's about the entire thing. Stewardship is concerning everything that God has entrusted to you. And God's serious about that. Our text is one of the seven times that God speaks of the reality, the certainty of hell describes it as a, a place of darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. And hell is reserved for those who have rebelled against God and turned away from Him. So what was the rebellion that the unfaithful servant committed? It wasn't selling drugs that people overdosed on. It wasn't murder. It wasn't addiction to pornography or booze. What was his rebellion? He did nothing. Let that sink in for a moment. His rebellion was that he did nothing. He rebelled against God by what he didn't do. He did nothing. He didn't use the gifts that God had given him. He buried them in the ground and did nothing. Maybe you have a, a nice home, a nice car, and even a nice TV to watch. There is nothing sinful in and of those things. They're gifts from God. Give thanks to God for them and use what God has given you well. Take care of it. Take inventory, though, of what God has given you, the good things that He's given you, and answer this question How am I using them? Have I taken the, the good things that God has given me and buried them 
in self-advancement and self-enjoyment rather than using them to God's glory and the benefit of others. How am I using the good things that God's entrusted to me? What's the difference between the two faithful servants and the unfaithful? We see that the two faithful servants, when they were entrusted with the money, they immediately put it to work. They got busy doing the things that the master wanted them to do. What's the difference? Their story had really begun a long time before the master entrusted that money to them. There was something different about them. There was something inside of them that caused them to act completely differently. What is that something? We often see on TV, on the news, devastation and people's lives shattered by it. Sometimes someone who has lost a loved one, maybe a, a friend or a close family member, still in the process of grieving, just struggles to express the great love that they had that was between the person that is now departed. Those family relationships, those close friendships are just a brief glimpse at the strongest bond of love that has ever existed. That bond is between God the Father and God the Son. That's an eternal, perfect bond of love. Yet God was willing to sever it. See, there are only two ways that your sins and mine can be dealt with. Either we go into the place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth and suffer the consequence of our sins, or a perfect, righteous substitute could enter on our behalf into the place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. God made that choice a long time ago. Before the world was created, before you were created, God had chosen that He would send His Son into that place of weeping and gnashing of teeth for you and for the whole world. And on Good Friday, God acted on that choice. That thick cord of perfect and eternal love between the Father and the Son, God the Father severed and dropped His dearly beloved Son into the darkness of God-forsakenness. Jesus suffered and 
died. Not once on the cross did Jesus gnash his teeth in anger against God as he suffered the hell of hells. No, he suffered silently and willingly to pay for your sins. God the Father chose to keep you and curse his son. That's what the two faithful servants knew about the master. They knew his great love for them. It was that love burning inside them that caused to take all that God the Father had entrusted to them and put it to work for his glory. Because they knew his love that they were forgiven, that heaven was theirs. Everything else that they could have achieved in this life was of no importance. The one thing that they wanted to hear were those words from the Master, well done, good and faithful servant. They knew their master. And that's what caused them to act the way they did. They knew his love. They were just like the other servant. They were sinful. They weren't perfect. But they knew the master loved them and forgave them. So it radically changed how they behaved. The unfaithful servant, notice he thought he knew the master. You're a hard man. He thought the master's love was irrelevant and meaningless. So what really matters is that you know the master. When you're looking at all that God has entrusted you and how you've used it, the only way that you're going to be motivated to use it to His glory is if you know Him. If you know His love for you. What good would it do to gain the whole world yet lose the Master's love? You know the Master. You know that He sent His Son to die for you. May His great love for you cause you to use all that He has entrusted you to His glory. May God grant us His Spirit and increase our faith so we too will hear those wonderful words. Enter in to the joy of your Master. To him be the glory, now and forever. Amen. Please stand for the blessing. And now may the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen.